Well, it's our blessing this morning to have Brother Jared Tunnel, a missionary to Argentina. Uh, he'll be speaking to us this morning. He's going to be with Brother David Martin, and they'll partner. That's a biblical principle, two by two. And they're partnering to Corrientes, Argentina. He'll tell you more about all that. Come ahead, brother. All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Well, church, thank you so much for inviting us here again this morning. Um, as I'd mentioned earlier on in this week, uh, Metropolitan has a special place in my heart. Uh, some of you may know and some of you may not, but I grew up here as a kid. Uh, and then uh, the Lord had another church for us to be a member of, and that's where I got saved and surrendered to the ministry. Uh, but uh, the foundation was laid here. And uh, so I just want to tell you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, thank you for all the food this week. Uh, we, we definitely didn't go without, did we? And, uh, and ladies, y'all have been a blessing to us. Hey, and then men who fixed the breakfast yesterday morning, praise God for that. I'm a, I'm a eggs, biscuit, and a bacon and sausage fan, so y'all spoke, to, y'all spoke my love language yesterday. Uh, and then you made me go sweat it out uh, by walking and hanging door knockers, so, which I blame Brother Daniel, so you're okay. Now, we had a good time yesterday, uh, Brother Corey. Uh, Rally and I uh, went down one way and a couple other guys. And, and so anyway, I was laughing because as we went to each door, I noticed that entire neighborhood that we were at all had those little ring cameras. So, you know, so as you'd walk up, the light would turn on or it'd whistle at you. And so then I started having a little fun. So when I see it would come on, I'm like, you know, backing out of the door. I'm sure y'all will probably have a lot of people come because I was having fun at the door. But uh, anyway, uh, you got to have fun when you do that, and you want people to see that energy, and you want to see you're happy. You know, you don't want to see that guy like, man, I got to hang another door knocker. You know, no, they want to see some energy. They want to see some life. Uh, and so I brought that to the table for y'all yesterday. And uh, anyway, but uh, God is good, and uh, we had a lot of fun yesterday. And uh, brother, little bless his heart, wore his uh, OU. Uh, hat so or shirt and then comanche hat so i don't know if they know where he's from um but anyway we got to get him a lake worth bullfrogs or something uh hat or t-shirt but anyway god is good and so i just want to thank you so much for having me and my family here y'all have been a blessing to us y'all have ministered to us uh, not only physically but spiritually uh with uh our day sessions and listening to brother milton martin what a joy it is to have the technology to where we can have his wisdom and his passion and his love for Jesus Christ uh, on video. He spoke to my heart. I know he spoke to yours as well. Uh, So I just want to thank you, uh, church, for having that ministry and taking the time uh, to to video those things for him. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's pray before we get into the word of God and, uh, and seek his will this morning. Dear God, again, we come before your throne of grace, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for the salvation that not only I, but my brothers and sisters in Christ have in your son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray, Lord, this morning that, uh, Lord, I would be emptied out and, Lord, used as an earthen vessel morning, this morning just to pour out your words to your people so, Lord, that they might catch your vision for lost souls. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help me this morning uh, as I deliver those words. And, Lord, I just pray this morning that you set our hearts afire 
for that one soul. For that one person we know, we know, does not know you as Savior and has not trusted it in your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, we just pray, Lord, if there's somebody here this morning who is not saved, Lord, that they would redeem the time and come to know you as Lord and Savior of their life this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, I'm probably a little unconventional in, in sometimes my delivery and, and how I do things. I, uh, somebody classified me as ADD years ago. I don't know if it's true or not. But I like to walk and I like to talk. And uh, I'll get soft and I'll get loud. And, uh, and if I see you sleeping, I'll get louder. So anyway, uh, but I like to walk and talk. Uh, I also like to use um, some videos. And uh, this is the, I'm going to show you a video here in just a second. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10 this morning. When I was between ministries, um, I thought I was going to be the next pastor of Country View Baptist Church in Ulysses, Kansas. When I accepted the call, that's what the plan was. I was going to go up there, minister with the people, get to know the people, get immersed into the community, grow with them, live with them, love with them, and then Brother Sam Bynum was going to retire and pass the torch off to me. That was the plan. That's what I wanted to do. So for four years, my wife and I served in that community. I became a volunteer firefighter. I was out there putting out wheat fires and tractor fires and house fires and showing up at car accidents for people in our community. It may have been their mom, it may have been their husband, it may have been their daughter. We went from knowing nobody to knowing everybody. Teaching at the high school and visiting the kids and having lunch and doing Bible studies in the nursing homes. Doing soup suppers to raise money in the community for those who didn't have. We dove into that community. At year three and a half, I had to give up my dream of being pastor of Country View Baptist Church. And God said, not yet. It's the hardest thing I ever do. broke my heart. I cried. I lamented. I did not want to leave Ulysses, Kansas. I did not want to go somewhere else. I had loved these people. And now I'm leaving. And I couldn't tell them why except God said. God laid on my heart. The scripture there in Genesis that Brother Milton talked about this week of that Abraham was to leave his father and leave his kindred and leave his culture and leave his country and go to a land that I have prepared for you. You see, he never told Abraham where it was. He said, just follow me. Trust me. Follow me. And he reminded me, he goes, Jared, at the age of six years old, I implanted my word on your heart. In Mark chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Follow thou me. Are you going to follow me? Are you going to trust me? So I resigned. We came back down here to Texas. Texas. 
I didn't have a ministry set up. I knew where we were going to go to church, and my pastor says, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to use you. We'll plug you in anywhere and everywhere. You can lead music. You can, I'm going to use you as a backup Sunday school teacher. You can sing. You can preach. Brother, we're going to use you. You just come. 2016, missions conference such as this. Your missionary, David Martin, was standing in our pulpit. He's preaching out of Acts chapter 16, verse 1, which is the Macedonian call, where it says that God wanted him to go over to Macedonia. He saw a vision. And he saw men of Macedonia. And that man of Macedonia said, come over and help us. God spoke to my heart and said, there's your land. There's your people. And I want you to go with your brother and help him. It's a huge change. Huge change. But during that time of transition, he also put me as a training director of Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. I love their culture. I love the way that they teach their people. And by the smiles on your face, I can tell you, you like them too. They're set apart in their culture. They're set apart in their service because they have a vision for people. And that vision was cast by their owner, Mr. Kathy, who took up the vision that God had for loving every person. So this morning, I'm going to show you a training video that we used to train our people. And it's called Everybody Has a Story. Everybody has a story. We're talking about missions. We're talking about to every nation. And folks, we can't be picky when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. They may not dress like you. They may not have hair like you. Right? They may not talk like you. They may not have a culture or a family life like you. They may not have a background like you. But every person who was born in this entire earth, God loves and cares for. So when you watch this video here in a moment, I want you to think about that. To every nation, to every person, and every person has a need, and that need is Jesus. One sec. There we go. Thank you. No, don't do that. All right.
Everybody has a story. And I like the last line on that, if you take the time to read it. You know, it's very easy for us to come to church on Sunday because it's what we do. You know, we love our Lord. We love our church family. We love our church. And, and you know, we sometimes even get that we're just going through the motions. You know, I was telling the youth this morning, I said, you know, this is a safe place. You know, when you come here, you're not expecting to be tempted or to be chided or to be ridiculed or to be torn down. No, it's just the opposite. You know, you come in and you expect to be greeted by happy faces and hello, brother, you know, hello, sister. How you doing? You know, did you have a good week? Are you are you ready for this morning? The food smells sure smells good. You know, I'm ready to eat. Well, we got to get through the sermon first. So just hang on. Well, you showed a Chick-fil-A video. I know. I'm getting you ready for what's to come. To every nation. To every people. To every person. That's the vision that Jesus Christ gave to us. When we look at the Great Commission, it says that we are to be witnesses unto Him. Right? That we're to go to every nation and we're to baptize them and we are to teach them and train them. But folks, that starts with one person and then another person and another person. Jesus didn't start with thousands. He started with 12. And he personally went to these men and he personally called them and he said, follow me. And then he trained them. And then 12 turned into 70. And 70 to 120. And then from 120 to 3,000. And then 3,000 into 5,000. And 5,000 into millions. But it started with one. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, this morning I want to I want to cast to you not only to every nation, but the reason for to every nation. It's simpler. It's, it's so simple we overlook it. Love God. Love people. If you were to take missions, and if you were to take evangelism, and you were to cram it down to its simplest form... Love God. Love people. And why? Because if we love God, what does God do? Love people. Why did God give us His Word? Because He loves people. Why did God create this world and create us in His image? Because He loved people. He loved Adam and Eve. He could have, with a very word that he spoke them into existence, snuffed them out of existence when they fell. But instead he said, no, I'm not starting all over. I'm going to redeem you because I love you. I am going to draw you back to me. The God of creation, the God of this universe, the God of salvation, the God of love, I'm going to redeem you. And not only am I going to redeem you, I'm going to be the one to do it. 
I'm going to send my son. He's going to die on that cross. He's going to resurrect. He's going to stand before me and he's going to present his blood that he's going to cover you in and past, present, and future will be wiped out concerning sin because I see you through the blood of my son, Jesus Christ, because I love you. In Luke chapter 10, verse 25, if you'll turn there, Jesus taught a parable, a parable of the Good Samaritan. This may be very familiar to some of you this morning, but not all of us may know this story. And again, I'm wanting to cast the vision this morning of loving God and loving people. You know, Here in this story of the Good Samaritan, we see in verse 25, and it says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood and tempted. This is tempting Jesus. He's standing before Jesus. Jesus had been teaching the people. He had been telling them, The kingdom of God is at hand. Salvation has come by me, the Son of God. And all the Pharisees, all the Sadducees wanted to do, and all the priests and religious leaders wanted to do was trip him up. Here he is presenting the gospel. Here he is showing victory over sin and telling people how to become saved and how to enter into the kingdom of heaven, how to enter into eternity through his salvation. And all the religious are worrying about is how to trip him up, how to use his words against him. These were supposed to be religious men. But he tempted him saying... Master, what should I do or what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, What is written in the law and how readest thou? And he said, and he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. Do this and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? (laughs) Who's my neighbor? He just said, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy strength. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So if we love God with all, then we should love our neighbor with all, shouldn't we? Those, things, those same things should be expressed to our neighbor. We should have a love, an unconditional love, to love our neighbor, to make sure that he's taken care of or she's taken care of, to know that they have their needs met. If the ox is in the ditch or the car is in the ditch, you go and you help them pull it out. Right? If the family next door to you, the husband loses the job, uh, and you've got your job, you can't tell me you don't have a little extra to where you could cook them a meal or invite them over to a meal or give them a sack of groceries. We would do it for the people in our church, but we won't do it for our neighbor. Because we want to justify ourselves in the fact of, well, who is our neighbor? If it's to every nation and it's to every person, then we should love every person like God loves them. 
We should have a fervent desire to see these people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So Jesus teaching him and casting this vision to him on who is a neighbor, he tells him a parable. And Jesus answering in verse 30 and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to to Jericho. Now this certain man coming from Jerusalem, going to Jericho, more than likely he's a Jew. So Jesus is telling this example saying, well, you're a Jew. So I'm going to use a Jew in this story and I'm going to explain to you there's a Jew that goes down to Jericho. And he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, Christian, believer, we're supposed to be and representing who? Jesus Christ. Right? Here's a religious man in a religious office, in religious dress, living out supposedly a religious life, walks up on this man. See, he's beaten, he's bruised, he's naked, half dead. I ain't got time for you today, brother. I got something I got to do. Walks past. If you think Jesus is just using random examples, he's not. He's speaking to this man. He's speaking to us this morning. This was supposed to be a priest, one who teaches the word of God, who proclaims the word of God, who ministers to people, but yet he walks by this man. Verse 32, and likewise a Levite. Well, who was a Levite? A Levite was to be the ministers in the tabernacle and in the temple. They were to be the servants of God. Again, proclaiming the word of God, ministering to people. And what does he do? And likewise looked at him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan... now. Y'all have been taught this week all about the Samaritans. Praise God. They laid laid the uh, framework for this for me today. Jews hated Samaritans. They were dogs. Scum of the earth. If they were on fire, we would say, not worth spitting on. That's what the Jews looked at them with. Disdain. Disgust. But yet the person who shows compassion in this parable is not the priest and not the Levite, but the Samaritan. The half-blood. The person of no value. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and saw him And had compassion on him. Had compassion. You know, this very character trait that Jesus is saying that this Samaritan had, Jesus also had. Because when he came close to to Jerusalem, if you remember, he looked out on the multitudes. And having compassion upon them because they were as sheep having no shepherd. They were lost. 
This man lost, beaten, bruised, half dead. But yet the Samaritan has compassion upon him. And went to him and bound him up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said unto him, Go and do likewise. You see, the parable of the Good Samaritan revealed the inner heart of this lawyer. He wanted to justify himself. He wanted to be religious. He wanted to fine-tune it so he could really find some scapegoat or loophole by which he wouldn't have to minister to everybody. But that's not the vision that Jesus cast here. Jesus said, everyone's your neighbor. Everyone's your neighbor. It's a matter of our hearts. It's a matter of our hearts and dealing with people. Our culture, and while I love America and I love our culture, it's a very selfish culture. It's a very materialistic culture culture. It's a very time-oriented culture. And instead of it being a relationship culture and a people culture, which is the culture that Jesus Christ bestowed upon us as believers, we tend to go back to our old nature sometimes. And we forget why Jesus called us to be witnesses for him, and that is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people that look different than you and I. Scripture tells us in John chapter 13, 34 through 35, a new commandment I give you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall men know that ye are my disciples, if you love one another. You want to know the stereotypes that they label us? That Christians are hypocrites. That they say, Jesus is love, but yet we don't love certain people. We don't love people that have tattoos. We don't love people that have had a rough lifestyle and now are homeless or maybe have gone in jail because they made poor decisions in their past and now they're out underneath a bridge or underneath a road or in a tent or knocking on our door or standing at our corner. Well, they must have made bad choices. Well, they must have made, they must have made poor decisions. Maybe they just had nobody in their life that told them about Jesus. And you're the person today. But Brother Jared, you don't understand. i got somewhere to be. Well, let me tell you, if you're saved, you got all eternity. What about that soul there? Just because you have fire insurance 
just because you're safe and just because you're saved. What about them? Where's their soul going? Well, Brother Jared, I don't have a track. Why not? Why can't you have them in your glove box? Why can't you have them at your workstation? Why can't you have them at the door with a few dollars in there to say, Hey, brother, God loves you, and I want you to know about the salvation of Jesus Christ. Do you have them in English? Do you have them in Spanish? If not, why not? I know your church does. Brother Daniel will send you with boxes of them. In English or Espanol. Are you taking the time to love God and love people? When you wake up every morning, have you gotten in such a rut that you're not thinking about praying to the Lord? You're not thinking about reading Scripture. You haven't even prayed this week to say, Hey God, throw somebody in front of me so I have the opportunity to share with them the gospel. I've got 30 tracks. I want them all gone this week. Give me the opportunity to find 30 people to give a track to. And if I get home and I have five that I haven't held out this day, you put the weight of the Holy Spirit and convict me to where I get my rear out of my couch, out of my bed, put my shoes on, and go to Walmart and hand out five tracks. Well, Brother Jared, you don't understand. I'm tired. I'm busy. I got kids. Give the five tracks to the five kids and have them go hand them out. They'll take tracks from your kids. They may not take tracks from you, but they'll take tracks from your kids. Teach them. If we're mentoring the next generation to go to under every nation, to go to every people, to love God and love people. Take your kids and show them how to hand out tracts. Train them up. Sterling and Claire, Brent, Brielle. Brent and Brielle have kind of passed the torch off to the little ones. But when it comes to prayer cards, we go to a church. I don't even have to tell Sterling anymore. I usually have to say, hey, hey don't hand them all out. He goes and he takes my prayer card and he'll give you six by the time the missions conference is over. He loves handing out our prayer cards. He loves, Brant carries tracks with us and he's like, hey dad, can I give my track? Can I give him my track? Can I give, I didn't install that in him. I just showed him, hey, I have a love for people and I love handing out tracks. And he took hold of the vision. He gets excited and he's got a pocket full of tracks. I tell them sometimes, leave some for the rest of the people. And I'm not, I'm, folks, I'm not bragging on me, but what I'm saying is, is God is nurturing in their hearts to have a love for people. Because they see that their daddy has a love for people. To take time to give them the track, I take time to see how they're doing, to take time to invest in people. To love them like God loves them. Beloved, let us love one another, for God is love. For everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. When people look at Christians and we're hard and we're cold and we're stuck up, and we wonder why they look at us that way. 
Because we act that way. Because we work with them and they see us who are so-called Christians and we're ugly to people and we're rash to people and we don't speak to them with love and kindness when we're at work and you're going, Brother Jared, I work with a bunch of idiots. Well, the twelve weren't real bright either. And I'm sure you're not God's gift to where you work. Where's your humility, Mr. Prideful? Are you praying for people in your office? Brother Jared, you don't know the people in my office. No, but you do. And they know you. How many of them have you shared Jesus Christ with? And maybe they wouldn't be so stinking miserable if they knew the love of God. If they had a Savior that loved them unconditionally, like He loves you. If they had a little bit of hope. If they had a little bit of faith. If they had a building of church people to come and to worship with and love them for who they are. But that person's never going to make it to church if you don't invite them. That person's heart and mind is never going to be changed about what it is to be a Christian if they don't see what one truly is. We can stand up here and we can put flags on the wall. And we can say that we love Jesus Christ. And we can say, we send 169 missionaries out to all these different countries. I see churches today that do that. But there's 12 sitting in the pews. Where's their Jerusalem? Somewhere they lost the vision. Scripture tells us, Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. This is not a social club. We don't come here just because we have friends. This is God's house. We come to worship Him. We come to do the will of Him who sent us. And that is to go unto all the world. To go to Jerusalem, to go to Judea, to go to Samaria, where our enemies are located. We figured that out this week. To go to the uttermost parts of the world. Brother Pearson stood up here and said, hell is the reason why. If you're here this morning, and I guarantee you all of your hands would go up, you believe in hell this morning. Folks, hell is full of fire and brimstone and gnashing of teeth, of darkness and torment. Physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Brother Pearson, you're not going to get a clearer picture of what hell is than what Brother Pearson presented today. Regret. For people who have sat where you have sat, said they were Christian, never accepted the will or never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and it replays over their mind over and over and over again. Because now they're burning and they're not consumed. Hell is not a place I want to go, you want to go, or that we should have a desire for anybody to go. And if it is real, let's do something about it. When you get up tomorrow morning, you think about what hell is like, and I'll guarantee you, you'll grab some tracks. And you'll make sure you hand them out to people in your office. Kids, if you know what hell's like, when you go back to school tomorrow, you'll be thinking about if you're saved, you don't want your friends to go to hell. So you know what? You're going to start sharing with them the gospel. Let's quit saying we are, and let's start doing something about it. I told you I was unconventional. 
Folks, I don't, I don't have time to sugarcoat it. I don't have time for the fluff and stuff. Kingdom mindset. Jesus is coming back today. Today. This very moment. At any moment. I could be mid-word and we're gone. We don't have the time to dilly-dally around. We have now. Who is your neighbor? The person that is in your path every day. That thorn in your flesh, that arrogant guy that's in your way, that obnoxious lady that's in your way, that keeps being a thorn in your flesh. Maybe God said, my grace is sufficient for you, so you'll talk to them. I have put them in your path. If you truly love me, and yet you say you do, then you're going to love people, and Karen, you need to talk to. Or Bill, you need to talk to. Or that punk in your class, you need to talk to. Folks, I'm getting really real with you this morning because I want you to understand and catch the vision that Jesus loves the world. The world. Every person from Argentina to Africa to Antarctica to your next door neighbor, he died for. He loves. What are we going to do about it? If we're truly a believer of Jesus Christ, we're going to have a burden for them. I want to give you a little story about a guy named Teddy. You know, Teddy Stollard certainly qualified as one of the least. He was disinterested in school, smelt a little musty. We all know that kid in class. Had wrinkled clothes. His hair was never combed. He was one of those kids in school that, you know, had a deadpan face, expressionless, sort of glossy, unfocused. So when Miss Thompson spoke to Teddy, uh, you know, he always answered in in monosyllables, you know, unattractive, unmotivated, distant. He was just plain, kind of hard especially to like. Even though his teacher said she loved all her class the same, down inside she wasn't being completely truthful. Whenever she marked Teddy's papers, she got a little certain pleasure out of putting an X through the wrong answers and you know, maybe putting an F at the top of his paper. She always did it with a little bit of flair. She should have known better. See, she had seen Teddy's records and she knew more about him than she really wanted to admit. Oh, and did I mention that Miss Thompson was a Christian? In first grade, Teddy shows promise with his work and his attitude. This is his record, but poor home situation. Second grade, Teddy could do better. Mother is seriously ill. He receives little help at home. Third grade. Tommy is a good boy, but he's too serious. He's a slow learner. His mother died this year. Fourth grade. Teddy is very slow, but he's well behaved. But his father shows no interest in him. 
Christmas came, and the boys and girls in Miss Thompson's class brought their Christmas presents to her. They piled the presents up on her desk, and they crowded around them and waiting for her anxiously to open them. Among the presents was the one from Teddy. She opened and surprised at what he had brought her. Teddy's gift was wrapped in brown paper and was held together with scotch tape. On the paper was written in simple words, For Miss Thompson from Teddy. When she opened Teddy's presents, fell, um, <clears throat> when she opened his present, out fell a gaudy rhinestone bracelet with half of the stones missing and a bottle, a bottle of cheap perfume. The other boys and girls began to giggle and smirk over Teddy's gift. But Miss Thompson at least had enough sense to silence them by immediately putting on the bracelet and putting some of the perfume on her wrist and holding her wrist up for the other children to smell. Doesn't that smell lovely, kids? There were oohs and ahs because the children had kind of picked up on the clues from Miss Thompson. At the end of the day, when school was over and the other children left, Teddy lingered behind. He slowly came over to her desk and softly said, Miss Thompson... Miss Thompson, you smell like my mother. And her bracelet looks really pretty on you. It was her favorite. I'm really glad you liked my presents. When when Teddy left, Miss Thompson got down on her knees and asked God to forgive her. The next day, when the children came into school, a new teacher welcomed them. Miss Thompson had become a different person. She was no longer just a teacher, but she had become an agent of God. She was now a person who committed to loving her children and doing things for them that would live on after her. She helped all of her children, but especially the slow ones and especially Teddy. By the end of the school year, Teddy showed a dramatic improvement. He caught up with most of the students and was even ahead of some of them. She didn't hear from Teddy for a long time, but one day she received a note that read, Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know I will be graduating second in my class. Love, Teddy Stollard. Four years later, another note came. Dear Miss Thompson, they tell me I will be graduating first in my class. I wanted to let you know and you to be the first. The university has, university has not been easy for me, but I like it. Four years later, dear Miss Thompson, as of today, I am Theodore Stellard, M.D. How about that? I wanted you to be the first to know. I'm getting married next month on the second to be exact. I want you to come and sit where my mother sit as if she was alive. You are my only family that I have now. Dad died last year. Love. Teddy Stellard. Miss Thompson went to that wedding and she sat where Teddy's mother would have sat. She deserved to sit there. Or did she? She had done nothing special but love Teddy. When we think about these things and we think about the impact that we have on people's lives, how do we look at people? Do we look at them as if God loves them? As if Jesus loved them? 
Or do we look at them as society sees them? Teddy succeeded because somebody chose to love him. There are souls in danger of going to hell who have never been told and never experienced the love of God because nobody has told them. And more importantly, nobody has showed them. Who is our neighbor? Scriptures are riddled with examples. Matthew, or Levi, one of the twelve, was a tax collector, an outcast, socially unaccepted by the Jews, but yet Jesus called him to be one of his twelve. And Matthew, when he was called of Jesus Christ and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, was so excited that he said, hey, I've got to tell everybody that I know, Jesus, you come to dinner. And what did he do? He invited those who were just like him. And you want to know why? Because the religious stuck up their nose when they walked by the dinner and said, why do you eat with publicans and sinners? Jesus told him. I have come to seek and to save the lost. I am come to to those who need a physician. Because I love them. The woman who was caught in adultery, those religious Jews were ready to stone her and end a life just to prove a point of making sure that Jesus followed the law. But what did Jesus do? Hey, what, guys? You're right. According to the law, she needs to be stoned. But you know what? There's grace as well. There's love. Now, he didn't say that specifically to them, but that's what he was trying to teach them. You who are without sin cast the first stone. You know, nobody else was looking up in the tree for Zacchaeus. But Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. For salvation is coming to your house, and we're going to go have dinner at your place. Zacchaeus' life was never the same. He said, I have wronged people. I have stole from people. But now that I know you, Lord Jesus, I'm going to make everything right. I'm not just going to give back what I took, but I'm going to give tenfold. I'm going to make it right. The woman at the well, a Samaritan woman. Jesus told his disciples, I have need to go through Samaria. Oh, you don't understand, Jesus. We always go around. No, Jesus goes, I have need to go through Samaria. Because there is a woman there that needs to know who I am. There is a city there and a town there that needs to know that salvation has come, not only to the Jews, but also to the Samaritans. That we won't worship in a mountain and we won't worship in a temple. But God who is a spirit, we will worship him in truth and in spirit. That's why Jesus tells us that where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. Jesus is here with us today. He indwells each one of us and he asks us again today, will you go to every nation? Not all of you can go, but you can send me. But while I'm in Argentina, who's winning Lake Worth? Because see, I can't be in two places at one time. 
Who's telling people in Lake Worth about Jesus Christ? Who's telling people in Saginaw and in Blue Mound or in Azle or White Settlement or wherever you live? Who's telling them? If not you, then who? Jesus Christ gave His church, you and I, the Great Commission. And if we don't carry it out, then who will? Who will? Lepers, blind men, possessed people, people with blood issues, people who were lame, people who were dead, people who were sick, People who were hungry. These are people that Jesus ministered to. And He poured out His love on them. And they were never the same ever again. Folks, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, think back to that very moment. I can, I can remember it as I live and breathe. It is burned and etched into my very being. When in Sunday school, my Sunday school teacher was preaching in Revelation chapter 20 and he was sitting there pounding it into my brain like... He, no, brother, brother Donald was very soft and very soft-spoken and, and he was preaching and he just kept asking the question very gently. Guys, he's preaching to a group of boys. Is your name written down? He took us to the scripture where it says that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire because their name was not found in the Lamb's book of life. And he said, is your name written down? And tears came down my face. And I grabbed my stuff up and I left Sunday school. And I went down crying into Brother Darter's office. And I went in there and all I could think was, is I'm not saved. I don't know Christ. I know about Him, but He's not my personal Savior yet. And I came into Brother Danny's office and he said, Jared, why are you crying? I said, Brother Danny, I'm not saved. And he goes, what? I've been playing Christian. I've been saying I am. I'm dressing like one and I'm reading scripture and I'm memorizing scripture and I'm winning sword drills and I'm showing up to youth group and I'm going to the activities and I'm singing in the choir and I'm a good boy and I'm a good Christian, but I'm not a believer. I've been playing it all my life. I fooled you. I fooled the church. I fooled me. But folks, when I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and His indwelling presence of His Holy Spirit filled my heart, it just changed everything. The look that I had for people, the desire that I had for people, the love of God's Word, the love of His church, the the love of His gospel, I wanted everybody I knew to know about it. If you could have put me on top of the church with a megaphone, I'd have been telling everybody, I'm saved! Praise God I'm saved! And you can be too! You can be too! I've met people throughout my life that were addicted to alcohol and somebody shared the love of Jesus Christ with them and they never touched a bottle again. I've seen people who are addicted to drugs or addicted to smoking, and when they came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they threw it all away and they never touched it again. 
I've met men who have beat their wives. And when he came to know Jesus Christ and he came to know what the love of Jesus Christ was, he didn't beat his wife anymore and he didn't whip his kids anymore and he didn't beat them. Instead, he loved them. Because now he knew what it meant to be loved. Now he knew what it meant, what it meant to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he loved his wife and he loved his kids as Christ loved him. You want to know why the Apostle Paul had such a fervent love for people to endure being beaten, to endure being beaten stoned? Because I think he remembers when he put those men, women, and children, and he sent them off to die. It etched into his mind that they died in the love of Jesus Christ, but that he still put them to death. And he saw the testimony of Stephen when Stephen stood there and proclaimed the love and gospel of Jesus Christ and he held their coats for men that stoned them. He remembered what it was like to be lost and to hate somebody. So much so that he enjoyed watching Stephen the heretic stoned. So Jesus knocked him off his horse on the way to the road to Damascus and said, it's a little hard to kick against the pricks, isn't it? You've been fighting on the wrong side, Saul. You've been fighting against me. I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the risen Savior. And I'm going to show you what it means to suffer for me. But oh, Paul... What joy you're going to find in suffering for me. And you know what? We see it in Paul's very words. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. And I am ready to enter in to eternity with my Lord. And why? Because Paul had done everything physically he could to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. Where's that fire inside you today? Where's that love? John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. If He loved the world, why do we not love the people in the world that don't know Him as Savior? Why are we not doing everything we can to see somebody... To come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Here's the reality. The first time Jesus came, he came in love. Now is the time to share that love. But folks, there will come a time when Jesus comes again. That he will not come in love. He will come in judgment. Scripture tells us for the wages of sin is death. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... Here's the reality. Death and hell is your eternity. Death and hell is your eternity. The wages of sin is death. But it doesn't stop there. Let me tell you this morning. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, His Lord. This morning, you can choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And your eternity will no longer be hell and the lake of fire. But God is. In heaven. To set with a Savior who loved you, who died for you, and is ready to bring you home one day to be with Him.
Scripture tells us, I go to prepare a place for you, and lo, I'm with you. He wants us to be with him, that where I am, ye may be also. That's what Scripture tells us. Hell was not created for mankind. It was created for Satan and his angels. But our God, who is a loving God, is also a just God. There cannot not be payment for sin. And you have two choices this morning. Either you accept the payment that Jesus paid for it, or you pay it. That's the truth. That is the truth. If we truly love God, we're going to love people. To every nation, we're going to take the gospel. To every community, every house, every school, every workplace. Folks, it starts with us. It starts with you. If you love God, then you should love people. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'll stand with me this morning. As our instrumentalists make their way forward. Are you taking time to read somebody's story? Are you taking time to love people? Are you sharing the gospel with every person you meet? Is that the first question? Hi, my name is Jared Tunnel, but do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? No. Here's a track. Read it. If you have questions, my number's on the back. I want you to know Jesus as your Savior. Christian, this morning, we've got a lot of work to do and a little time to do it. Scripture tells us that the harvest is white and ready. But there's many, there's very few laborers in the field. That's why we pray, Lord, send laborers into your harvest. Brother Hudson, he can't win them all. Brother Daniel can't win them all. Brother Little can't win them all. Brother Bruce can't win them all. They can't win people that are in your lives because they don't know them, but they know you. Do they see Jesus in you as we sing? 215. My Jesus, I love Thee, I know Thou art mine, for Thee all the follies of sin I People are already praying. You need to pray, come. You need the Lord, come. We'll take a Bible, show you how to be saved. Let's, let's sing this verse. And while we sing, you come. I love thee because thou hast first love.
offering cards. You, you uh, ushers can pick them up and, and Daniel will be here to take, he'll take charge of the Daniel, you know you're saved now? I don't have a mic. Uh, speak up real loud. Speak real loud. You know you're saved? Amen. Y'all hear that? Yes, he said, I know it. And uh, are you ready to be baptized? Yes. See, what what we're going to do is, Jesus said, if you're ashamed to confess me before men, I will not confess you before my father. Daniel's going up there to the baptismal. That water has no power. That's right. It's just old Lake Worth water. You think that'll save you, you, you're in trouble. But what he's doing is, he's giving you his testimony. He invited Jesus into his heart, right? Yes. And now he wants you to know that he died to himself. And now he'll live with Christ as he goes through life. Read, read John chapter 6. you get the whole story. And uh, we're going to go back there and get ready. won't take us but a minute. And then we'll, we'll be at the window. And in the meantime, uh, Daniel Flores is coming to do some business up here. Right, everyone could take a seat. So if you want to uh, just take a, a few just uh, take a few seconds and I've been I've been praying uh, all week what the Lord will have me to give uh, during this missions conference and it's been settled in my heart and uh, I took the time to write down what the Lord wanted me to give, just in case if, he, uh, if there wasn't a peace in my heart. But there's a peace in my heart, and I believe that what I'm going to give this this uh, year 
uh, is what, what the Lord wants, wants for me to give. Um, I know that you uh, probably been praying as well. Uh, so uh, if you haven't, if you need some more time, I'm going to give you about 30 seconds, and then uh, I'm going to run up there, and I'm going to open them blinds and turn on the lights, and then uh, we'll, we'll pick up uh, uh, the little cards here for the faith promise. Uh, men, if you can come forward for that. All right, uh, let's pray, and then uh, we'll, we'll start picking up the cards. Heavenly Father, as we heard already, Lord, you, you've called us to the Great Commission. Lord, we won't be able to go where Brother Tunnel's going to go and where Brother David uh, is at. But, Lord, we can take part in that. Lord, I pray that you've prepared our hearts and, and Lord, that they will give uh, that which is according to your will and, and what you'll have us to give. Lord, I pray for our church and I'm thankful for this church and our vision for missions, our love for missions, our love for people and I pray that you help us, Lord, as we uh, reach this community as well. Uh, that we look at people, that, that we not just see their, their, who they are or what, but, but that there are, there are so that, that Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for. Lord, I pray that you help us to give us a vision to deal with our hearts, and we thank you in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
All right. You want to sing a song? Uh, Brother Earl, is gonna, we're going to sing a song real quick, and then we'll pray, and we'll head to the gym to go get some good food. Brother Earl. All right, let's stand, and we'll, we'll be dismissed with our course for the month. It's number 533 in your hymn book. Uh, we'll just do the course, and then we will, uh, as Brother Daniel said, we'll ask some lesson over the food and be dismissed. Till the whole world knows, till the Let's, let's pray, then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. Thank you for the great services we've had in the last several days. Uh, we thank you for allowing us to be able to uh, uh, host these uh, wonderful families. God, we pray uh, as they go forth, Lord, that you would go with them. Lord, that you provide every need, Lord, and just, uh, uh, just uh, watch over them each and every step of the way. Lord, Father, pray uh, uh, this afternoon for the, for the meal. Pray that you might uh, be in the midst of that. Lord, bless our bodies. Use our bodies to our service. Bless the hands that prepared it this morning, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.